Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Hello, sports fans. My name is Aaron Warner. With me, Stefan Heck. This is I Hate This Team, a Canucks podcast. Stefan, what's up, man? Not too much. Uh, I went to see Megan this afternoon. Uh, How was it? It's fantastic. It's yeah. a very fun movie. Very, very funny. It's like a dark, it really is just like a dark comedy. Okay. Um, with some good horror stuff in there, but it was, I enjoyed it. And it's only like an hour and 40 minutes too, perfect. which is nice. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe 10 minutes too long for a perfect yeah. movie length. But, Honestly, uh, yeah. Uh, it was great. I, I watched that instead of, uh, yeah, I watched that instead of the Carolina game, but you should, you should go see it. It is, uh, it is quite good. I enjoyed uh, it. You didn't, you didn't miss too much in the Carolina game. Yeah. I watched uh, the third period. I saw that, Aho's goal. I saw Besser's goal. And then it, uh, the shootout, I mean, I, I want to say, like, Petey might be, he's so good at the Forsberg move. He's so move. sick. Like, he makes the <laughs> Forsberg move look so, so smooth. Like, um, I, I would that, say in, the, in, like, the NHL right now, he might be the best at doing that specific move. Yeah, that's, that's very conceivable. Now, that game, it should be illegal to have two teams both playing on the second half of a back-to-back. It was it's crazy. It's so like, I mean, the NHL scheduling is just like terrible anyway. Like I know people in the discord have been complaining about it, but like you'll be watching, there'll be like seven games on at the exact same time. Yeah. And so the they all go to intermission at the same they time. They all basically overlap. So there's always like a 15 minute break where there's no hot, like it's so stupid or just like not having uh hockey games on like Canadian Thanksgiving, like Monday or whatever. Right. Like there's all these yeah. things. They, they just completely fucking like th- are the other big four like the NBA, MLB, and the NFL do such a better job of scheduling their games? It's crazy. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's a joke. But also the Canucks played and like literally less than twenty four hours ago. It's not even twenty four hours later. It was I think twenty two hours in between yeah. puck drops. So I mean and they, they won, did good to get course. two points out tonight. Like oh yeah, Carolina's talk- a great team. You they, know? they didn't play like Carolina usually plays though. Like they yeah. still control the bulk of the play at five on five. If you look at all the underlyings, um, they uh, they did good. Like yeah, <laughs> they they uh, like outcoursed them by just under sixty percent. They like had fifty eight percent of the five on five shots, sixty percent of scoring chances, fifty two percent high danger, and fifty seven expected goals. But uh, they looked tired as well. They weren't doing their usual. Like if you told me that they'd be tied for overall shots at the end of the game, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah, but that that's how it ended. Um, yeah. And like you said, Carolina played yesterday too, obviously like, and this, this is just like, if, if you were going to pick one game for the Canucks to have won on this road trip, every Canucks fan knew it was this one. one. (laughs) No, I I think it would be this one because it is the most Canucks, it's the most Canucks thing to win. You know what I mean? Like the, the game where they, like this to me would have been like, if you look at it on paper, it's the second game in a back to back against like probably the best team they're playing on this whole road trip. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, them or Tampa. And like, of course the Canucks are going to squeak out a win. And of course it's a shootout win, like, which is just like, so the quote I wanted to read to you, and this is like, it's a very worrisome quote. Okay. Uh, And so this was Aquilini uh, a year ago when Benning got fired. Um, And I think it was during the press conference. He said, these are difficult decisions. These are not easy. I mean, to fire everybody at the same time, that's a hard thing to do. And maybe I was a little bit too patient. Okay, you think? Yeah. Uh, this is where it gets really bad. And this is why, like, it's just never going to change. I was hoping for a turnaround. We were losing these games by one goal, and maybe I was too optimistic. And so we made the change, and we made the change. <laughs> They're still losing these games by one goal, but, like, <sighs> it, it, should be, it shouldn't even be that close. And I, so I think he's going to look at this road trip where the Canucks went fucking one and four and be like, well, they won in the shootout against a very good team. And then the other ones, it was like one goal losses and the other, like, so, you know, this is, we're, we're getting there. This team's close. Like, I think he will honestly still think that. That, yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we're, we're jumping around, but this is a good segue into something yeah. that a, well, I assume as a listener, um, 
<laughs> Oldtimer591 tweeted name. this at me and has yeah. said, yeah, and they're, they're just playing names says, I hate this team, so they must be a fan. But uh, <laughs> have you seen this apparent Aqua Burner account? And I hadn't. It's an account called Hal62. Yeah. And they joined this month, January 2023. Okay. Great no time act- to join Twitter. <laughs> no actual tweets, but okay. all of their, like, they only follow Canucks and hockey accounts and then, like, John Oliver. Okay. And <laughs> all of their tweets are them replying to people on Canucks Twitter or insiders saying basically what you think Aquilini would say. Um, I didn't have any like choice ones like pulled for right now, but I just clicked over. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like, so J Pat says Dealey's now four two on the season and someone replied, sit him. And the, he just replies, are you still whining? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is like if Aquilini was going to talk to fans directly, that's yeah. That so, is so, like his tone of voice, you know, someone replying to uh Drance about the game, nothing great about this win. And this guy says, of course it's a great win. Um, <laughs> God, dude. I mean, if it's not him, it's like it might be someone like close to him or something. But like, I feel that there's or, like several accounts like that. Like, because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he, that is if if he was like unfiltered, that would be his style of posting. I think. Yeah. Um, like, so okay, pass it to be bu- 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 pass it to Bulis. Yeah, Bulis. Um, retweeted the. Carolina mascot taking the the Canucks fan plant out on an ATV. And this guy's saying, this is really big news, is it? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, I but like that to me, I don't know if that's something Aquilini would say necessarily because like the fan did have the free the skate thing, which we should talk about that I think, yeah. as well. Um, cool. Very cool guerrilla marketing, guys. I love it. It's so, so I mean, so I, I, swaggy. Okay. <laughs> With I everything else going on. I will say this. I think it is genuinely kind of funny for them to do the banner flying around town. Yeah. I, I, I sort of respect that. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> funny. Um, but it's it's just such a Canucks thing to do. To So if you don't know, uh, the Free the Skate uh, campaign that's going on right now is like surreptitiously planted Canucks fans with signs, like really like nice looking signs that are very legible that say Free the Skate. Uh, there was a banner being flown around town that said Free the Skate on it. Um, like bus stop billboards, like bus ads and billboards. And yeah. like, it's very, like, it's really clear that it's not a fan. It's not like a grassroots fan thing at all. It's no, like very like, like impossible. It's way too polished. And I think someone had a really interesting thread where they looked over the, um, the video that the Canucks did at the start of the season. Um, like the really like the high production value one. Oh, the Co- one that Kobe was Smulders. Like, yeah. Um, and it it's clear from I, I won't go into the details, but if if you find the thread, um, he's looked into it very closely, and it does seem like because I think it's only the first part of the video too. Like they're going to debut another part of the video, and so it seems <laughs> oh, to me maybe it's like them all in there. Uh... Yeah, like his theory, I think, was that we're gonna there's gonna be a Canucks home game at some point soon. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it might even be one. It could be the one that we're going to, which would be pretty cool. That would be really uh, cool, yeah. Wh- where literally, um, they play the video, and then the Canucks come out like in the skate jersey, and everyone goes nuts. But the thing is, I feel like this campaign only really works. Like, I would not necessarily hate this campaign if it did mean they were going to that jersey full time. That would be cool. I would, yeah. I would like that. Even though they have like the, the leaked jersey does not look ideal, it's still better than their current jersey. Um, yeah. And going to those colors full time would be really cool. I would like that a lot. But I think it's just going to be a third jersey, which is like yeah, like, which all why this, create like, like a guerrilla marketing campaign around it, right? It's it's so dumb. Like that already is your third jersey, basically. Like what? So so what are we doing here? So I mean, but again, maybe we're jumping the gun here. Maybe it will be their full time jersey. Fingers crossed. Like. That would be it, nutty know, to do mid-season. Like it would be it's very surprising that the do. NHL would like allow that as well. Because you think a ton of internal marketing would be with the current logo. I guess unless they have some stuff planned. I mean, yeah. I, I, who well, knows? Like, and it would, and like, it would track with. So the person being a plant with the really legible sign in the opposing arena tonight. Yeah, it would make sense if the league was in it, and they're like, "Hey, we're doing this marketing campaign. Can we, you know, pay actors or?" Yeah, Can we pay I mean, crisis I, actors to get driven out of your games. 
I, I like, so the leaked jersey itself, obviously, it's like they've cut out kind of like the white around the skate itself. And so, yeah. and like, uh, so there's no white in the, the actual logo and where it says Canucks, there's no white behind it. And the, the, the horizontal like striping is a little bit thicker as well. I think mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate it to be honest. Like people are really mad about it because obviously they're super attached to the original skate jersey. Yeah. But like, like I said, it's still like a huge improvement on their current jersey, I would say. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it would so be I'll funny too it. with the TD Bank home sponsorship. I guess they'd have to recolor it. Would, maybe, they, would they recolor it or would they just have the big green T on the, on the chest? Man, I, f- I think you have to get permission from TD to like recolor it, I think. You would but, hope, but it just, I guess it depends on how close of a sponsor they are, right? That would also I, lend to it just being a, a third jersey. Yeah, I guess the other thing too is like, you know, if, if they've made these slight changes. So the leak that came out was a Fanatics jersey and yeah. Fanatics jerseys suck. Those are like mm. the really shitty replica ones. So it's also possible that it just looks worse as a Fanatics jersey. And maybe it's it's like just literally missing some like stitching or something or whatever. So maybe it's it's going to look better as the actual jersey. And I think the other thing with these jerseys too and it was the same thing with the reverse retro, which when I first saw it, I was like, I'm not a fan of this. I mean, I still don't like the logo, but like as an ensemble, like as like all together with like the rest of the uniform, it looks pretty sick and it looks good on yeah, TV. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks good on TV. That's the thing about the, the black skate jersey now is it looks great on TV. It looks so good on TV. So I, mean, I would love for them to go to like the, the white skate jersey on the road to be so yeah. it just looks so good. The thing that I would love the NHL just to do in general and it'll never happen. But mm-hmm. it was so much cooler back in the day when the home jersey was the white jersey, because then you'd get to see all the different colors from teams coming into play, right? Yeah. W- which I think is like such a better way of doing it. I, yeah, I mean, it's what I, I grew up on. And so yeah. I, I kind of liked it. I've been won over by whites on the road because you get, I guess you get to you're see the used same to amount, it, but right? like, you're, yeah. you're used to it now. And teams have gone to for the most part, brighter colors with it. Yeah. It's not just like Navy, like it was when they made the change. Yeah. So, uh, I'm fine with it, but yeah. The other thing too, is like it, it like the colors just pop more on TV now with the higher quality TVs. That's true. So, yeah. and you I, know what? I, I, we should do a Sportsnet now app update because I don't know <laughs> if you've, fuck. Have, did you I get the red screen yesterday? No, the- I, well, I, I was going to say it's been like legitimately, it's like good for me now. Or, oh, like, really? Knock, knock on wood. But like, I would say the last, what is it? January 15th right now. I would say at least since like Christmas, it's been like loading properly the first time. <laughs> this is the Apple TV version of yeah. the app. Uh, it's loading properly. Like first time, every single time, very few like drop frames or like buffering or anything like that. Um, it seems to be working better. And I know... Apparently the TSN app also improved a lot too, so maybe there there were some mm. like underlying improvements made to the sports app. Yeah, recently, maybe they're actually working on it. Yeah, but you were saying you're still no getting my like- my shit yesterday, man. Like I'm watching it. I have a Fire Stick, and it was during the intermission. A bunch of commercials were playing, and I'm like, wow, mm. this is a really long commercial break. And then I saw people online talking about what like Kevin Bieksa and Friedman were saying, and it just gave the error where it's like can't play, retry, and then I have to like close the app and go back again. The other crazy thing that it does is I was watching the pregame just by yeah. clicking on like Sportsnet Pacific. And as soon as it went to the actual game, it just kicked me back to the Amazon Fire homepage. Like oh, it God. can't like whenever <laughs> like the programming blocks over, it won't roll into the next like show, yeah. which is pretty nutty for an app to do. Oh, uh, I miss Centerize, so which is yeah. I mean, Centerize was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, really. Like it, it seemed to it seemed to work fine. Um, I was at. I was at a party last night with a couple of buddies from um, the keeper league I'm in. And one of yeah. them has started listening to, I hate this team. Hey, shout uh, out. What's up, Philly. How's it going? Um, and he was saying, uh, cause we were talking about like the shitty commercials on the yeah. Sportsnet now broadcasts. And I guess you probably wouldn't get this one out in Alberta, but the worst one out here. And I forgot about it. It's like a BCAA commercial where they're okay. like singing. Um, and it's just, it's so fucking bad. And and it's like pretty much I would say every commercial break you see it at least once. It's really bad. That's that sucks. they're just walking around like marching <laughs> through town like singing, and it's just it's not. It's I think the first time I saw it I was like oh this is like what I, it's like inoffensive, but just seeing it every single break is yeah. Like, my my least favorites are the watching the game with PJ Stock and oh I finally saw those that other one guys. Yeah, oh, maybe God, it is a regional bad. thing because I've had that one a lot. 
Yeah. And then I also really hate the Bois commercial, which I've been getting less of lately. Like, how do you yeah, describe like an exclamation point? I feel like they've cut down on that Spark one a little Shifley. bit. And I wonder if it's because it doesn't, it's not like a holiday commercial, but like, I feel like they're like out in the snow a bunch in that commercial. And yeah. Maybe as we approach spring, they like, they sort of phase those commercials out a little bit, but who's to say? But uh, uh, man, I'm a I mean, big it's fan just... of the Katy Perry skip song. It's a banger. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, seen some man. hate for it. I, I can't. Uh, yeah. No, you're a big I fan. I can't agree. So. Yeah, Canucks win this game, go one and four on the road trip. Really, yeah. at the end of the day, today's re- result doesn't matter. I think. No, still like, standings wise, where are they right now? Because uh, did Montreal win? Montreal today? won, and then so if Vancouver lost in overtime or lost just entirely, yeah, they would um, they would have dropped behind, right? But I think the Canucks. I scroll down. Yeah, they're still twenty six by point percentage. Okay, uh, so. sandwiched in between Ottawa and Montreal. They have a game yeah. in hand on Montreal, though. Uh, despite having similar number of wins, I mean, it really is shaping up to be Demko comes back like you know three weeks before the trade deadline. They pull off of something of a a, a win streak. Don't sell at the deadline. Then miss the playoffs by like six points Ugh. and pick thirteenth overall. Like I I I hate, fucking hate to say it. It's like so cliched at this point to yeah. say that that's what's going to happen. But that it's that's what's going to happen. It's well, we were Canucks. talking about this in our in our Discord yesterday. Which by yeah. the way, patreon.com slash I hate this team weekly yeah. bonus apps. And access to said Discord. The Discord is but, great. It's a like honestly like a lot of good discussion happening there, and like the the game day threads in there are are very nice as well. Yeah, I forget who who brought this up, but they described it as Benning's razor, which is kind of like <laughs> what we're looking at all of this through. <laughs> yeah. So what you're describing is exactly how it would happen under Jim Benning, and I think we have. This is a bit uh, over the top, like eight years of trauma from those types of decisions. I mean, yeah, for real. I like, like in and, terms of like fan trauma. I think, yeah, it's, exactly. It's safe to call and, it that. And the uh, the Rutherford administration hasn't done a ton to make us feel better about that. Nope. Uh, like, I if you look at what's been done around the edges and what they've said, sure. But by re-signing and doubling down on JT, that really makes you go. I don't know about anything else they're going to do, but. We have to see, I think, before we really lean into the worst possible thing, like always happening, which would be yeah. Benning's razor. We have to see how they deal with it. We have to see. I think I think the for me, the fi- potential final straw will be this trade deadline, seeing how they handle it. Yeah, um, because I just don't like that. They. They need to nail this trade deadline. Like they need to get like an A plus on this trade deadline here. And it's not enough for them just to trade Luke Shen and call it a day. Yeah. Um, although, you know, to to be fair, it is that's better than them doing nothing. But we need to like we need Very to like raise our <laughs> we need to raise the bar and raise our standards as fans and expect more from this like apparently forward thinking progressive smart management group. And if they go into this trade deadline and trade Luke Shen and that's it. I mean, that's fucked. I think if you can, if they trade Shen and Horvat and like re-sign Kuzmenko, like I'll, I'll take that. You know what I mean? Um, that's a B. I would say that's a B. Yeah. That's a B. But, no, but if, they, like, if they want an A plus deadline, they have to get rid of all three. I think if you want an A plus deadline from most Canucks fans, uh, <laughs> it would have to be, you trade all three and you get at least two first round picks um, in, in 2023, if possible. Um, the 24th draft is fine. Like it's, first round picks are just fine. Just get a, get first round picks. It's it's not a, as good of an example because they just beat Carolina. Though it was a shootout. It's, it's a tie. Who cares? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Detroit today, they dropped or they waived Najelkovic, the uh, the goaltender that they signed from Carolina yeah. when he was, you know, I have it right here. He went on a 30 game run, had the 1.9 GAA, 9.30 save percentage, and then they traded him before the draft was it or before like it was in that in between period between like free agency and and uh or the draft and free agency i yeah. want to say and they yeah. got what was it a second uh, th- i From think Detroit, like they got was like it? they got multiple picks like yeah uh, i'm gonna google see. this trade now let's see trade it was 
Hold on. I think it was multiple. It was a third round. Oh, okay. It was actually just a third round pick and then the rights to Jonathan Bernier. But there's still like that trade to me reminds me of the Cody Hodson deal. Yeah, where uh, they like knew that he was above his head. He pumped. They had the value you're pumped pumping up, up and the numbers. Like, hey. but, then, but then, even with the value pumped up, you didn't get like a ton for him. It's almost just like taking what. Like, I yeah. mean, again, to go back to my keeper league, I traded uh, Sebastian Casa mm-hmm. uh, yesterday for a second round pick. I picked him in the second round when I first got him. He is in the ECHL playing like absolute dog shit right now. Um, I have uh, Askarov from Nashville. Uh, so I was just sort of thinking, and I, I, anyway, but it's something that the Canucks haven't done since the Mike Gillis era is those like forward thinking trades. And I think if you go back to the Gillis era, uh, and you know, multiple people have made this point, uh, before I'm not the first one to make this point, but the Corey Schneider deal is like the biggest rebuilding move the Canucks have made in the last 10 years. Yeah. And look how it worked out for him. Fantastically. It was great. The other thing that Carolina did, by the way, was this next off season, they recoup Tony D'Angelo's value and then yes. send it to Philly for a second, a third and a fourth round pick. Yeah. We like, need to be targeting teams like Phil. We need to be targeting the other stupid this, teams. Out this there. isn't a rebuilding team either. Like they made it Ugh. to the conference finals. So they're, they're just smart. They're smart. They made it to the conference finals, right? Am I talking out my ass? No, Carolina? they didn't. They lost to, they lost yep. in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. They but almost made the conference finals. They're a very good team. They're a yeah. very young team. Um, they are. Again, if you look at like the number of picks they've made too, like let me see if I can bring this up. They're this second gonna... only to care to Boston right now by points percentage. Yeah, they're. A re- and my, can Boston's you imagine like, if Vancouver incredible. did that, man? <sighs> if they had a, a Tony D'Angelo type player that was going into restricted free agency, and they're just like, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll get value back. Okay, hold on. Let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Do you know how many picks? the Carolina Hurricanes made in the 2021 entry draft? How many? 13. Wow. Now, granted, a lot of, there were three seventh rounders, you know, uh, a couple fifth rounders. They had three second rounders, no first rounder that year. But this is, this is how you do it. You take as many shots. Like, it's such a fucking baby, simple, like bullshit. <laughs> like, it's so, how do you, how do you not fucking know this at this point? You take as many swings as you can get, Right. And it's yeah. incredible to me that Vancouver as an organization seems allergic to the idea of acquiring picks. Um, I mean, the thing I loved about Jim Benning, maybe not loved, uh, the opposite <laughs> of love. I hated it, but looking back, I loved it because it was like, just, it's like funny how stupid it was. What they would always try and do is at the trade deadline uh, or like during the season when picks were like cheaper to acquire, they, they would never acquire them. And then they would always try and acquire them at the draft itself. Yeah. When picks are at a premium. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? So I don't, it's just, yeah. Carolina has made so many picks in. Well, so, okay. Let me, let me bring up. Oh, this is gonna, I, I hope this shuts my computer down, but I'm searching for the Vancouver Canucks draft history on uh, hockey. DB. While, while you're doing that, it's, that's something that's been depressing me this week. I yeah. guess we talked about it on the Patreon episode, but the the Penguins loss was really funny. And then everything that's kind of happened after that has been like incredibly crushing. All yes. the like the leaks from Dolly Wall about how they're the they're not going to try and even tank this year to get the Bedard pick <sighs> and this is a team that can be turned around, blah blah blah, all that shit. And it's like okay, why are they so divorced from the reality of what this team is? Like you're 26 in the league and you say you can't rebuild or lean into this because you don't want there to be a losing culture. Motherfucker. There's already a losing culture. What do you call the last three seasons? It's, I mean, not even the last three seasons. Like it's, it's, it's very funny. Yeah. What do you call the last eight years? Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's something that again, we're not like patting ourselves on the back here because this is something that anyone who paid attention to this team and paid attention to hockey and just like sports in general should have seen coming. But they, when they were signing all, making all these stupid veteran signings, you would have fans be like, this is a great move. You don't, you don't want to become the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers were signing guys like Andrew Ferentz, Eric Belanger. Like they were making those stupid veteran signings as well. And it was fucking yeah. them over. You don't like, it's, oh, and God damn it. I just, <laughs> 
it's the the Canucks became the Oilers. No, they are the Oilers now. The Oilers minus any sort of draft lottery luck or any sort of like history. Uh, and it's basically exactly what we said was going to happen. And it's incredible to still see like people who have been posting about this team for the last 10 years and have essentially been wrong about everything. <laughs> and there's, and they're still posting because they have like the, the Drew Barrymore 51st dates thing where they just like forget what happened the day before. And yeah. it's just like, Oh, the Canucks can do no wrong. You know, like I, I just, it's, <laughs> it's just flabbergasting to me that it keeps happening. <laughs> and it's never going to stop. Ever. Nah, we're like, it's like, well, I think this is our cover photo on Twitter is your old tweet from, I think 2014. Yeah. They're never going to win anything ever. The Canucks are like an Ouroboros except both ends are the snake's ass. Yep. That's, yep. that's where we're at. <laughs> uh, okay. The, the, so 13 picks for Carolina in the 2021 entry draft. Okay. Uh, the Canucks uh, had six. All right. All right. Uh, and just to remind, there are seven rounds in the draft. So mm-hmm. that was one less pick than they were originally allotted. They did not have a first rounder that year because, of course, they traded it for OEL and Garland. Yeah. Uh, they had a second rounder, which was Klimovich, who is looking good in the AHL. I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, and then they didn't pick until the fifth round. Um, I mean, it's just <laughs> awful. 2020, even worse. Do you know how many picks the Canucks had that year? Five. That's that's right. Nice. Uh, a, th- a third, fourth, Woo! fifth, sixth, and seventh rounder. <laughs> I mean, that is that is so bad. Well, I mean, the Carolina that year, by the way, yeah. uh, had eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, let's check the 2019 entry draft here. Now, I will say the Canucks uh, that year they actually had they had nine picks that year. Wow. Now had a surplus. Have, have any of them really turned out yet? We got Hoaglander and Pod Colson who, who look at least like they, they're going to be like NHL tweeners at the very least. Yeah. Um, and Aiden McDonough, they got late. Uh, so assuming See they signed him, that could work. Uh, Carolina had uh, how many picks? I said, I said nine for Vancouver that year. Carolina had four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 12 picks that year. Now, have any of them... Uh, turned out just yet. No, there's the Russian goalie who's looking very good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not much else. But the thing is, like, it, you you will have those drafts where you don't hit on anything necessarily. Yeah. But as long as you're, like, taking all of these, like, extra swings, it doesn't hurt as much when you miss on picks, right? When yeah. the Canucks miss on picks and they only have five picks in a draft. It's yeah, fucking, it's way worse. <laughs> it's so bad. You're, you're just, it's, you're yeah, you're spiting yourself. It's atrocious. I, now, okay, the 20s, like, this would be an interesting thing for us to look into, I think, is like, what is the worst all-time Canucks draft year? Mm. And for me, I'm not going back too far. For me, I think it is still 2007. Okay. Uh, when they picked Patrick White. Yeah, I was thinking round. the Patrick White draft. That one was bad because they had the 25th overall pick. That was Patrick White. And they took Taylor Ellington uh, oh, in the second yeah. round. 33rd overall. Oh. Um, do you know how many uh, NHL games played they got out of that draft? They had six picks. Oh, it's. I know White got a few games, right? Like maybe like I don't know, four games. Uh, no, the answer is zero. Oh fuck! They I got, thought White got called up once or twice. <laughs> no, they got huh. they got zero NHL games. Now the one that t- compares to that for me under Benning, uh, and I think in terms of opportunity, like cost, like where where they. I think this one is arguably worse because of how bad they fucked up the fifth overall pick. Uh, and that is, of course, the 2016 entry draft. Oh, yeah. Uh, that one, just because how bad they bungled it. And if you picked anyone except for you, Levy, yeah. you're, you're pretty good. Bas- basically and that was kind of the wisdom at the time, there. right? Like, Yeah, yeah. You Levy had a huge World Juniors that year, but he was playing on an insanely stacked Finnish team with like yeah. Aho, Line, and like... It, it, I mean, Benning was notorious for man. Seeing, what a top ten like, that one was. tournament. Ugh. Austin Matthews, Patrick Lane, Pierre Luc Dubois, Jesse Puljujarvi, Ulevi, Kachuk, Clayton Keller, uh, Alex Nylander. Or Nylander's been pretty yeah. bad, I think. Yeah, yeah. he hasn't Sur- really panned out. Sergeyev uh, looks Sergeyev, good. Jost is, Jost, Jost is okay. Yeah. He's an NHL or at least Logan Brown does not look good. Then you go down. You got your your Charlie McAvoy, your Jacob Chickerins. Yeah. I mean, that was just a, that was a, Tage. not a horrible draft, you know? Um, I'm just, man, actually, once you get into like the lower, Tage Thompson going 26 is huge, obviously. Once you go to, there's some really bad picks there. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, like, you know, in terms of like 
games played worse than Ulevi. But I, I think in terms of like, if you look at all the picks in the first round, the Ulevi pick is the worst by far just because of who they missed. Yeah. On, right. Yeah, totally. Oh, Jesus yeah, like Christ. everyone else that was around them. Also in that 2019 draft, they had Silovs. I'd say overall, that's a pretty, pretty decent draft. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. Um, I, I I just want, I all I want is for them to have a draft. And again, the last draft they had where it was like this was was 2019. Um, but to have a draft where you come into it with more picks than you originally started. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I want them that, to have a minimum of eight draft picks. And I think currently right now, the, they're, they're like under. They don't have their full complement of picks um, right now, I think. They might have an extra one this year from, uh, it was from the the damned, the trade at last deadline from New York. They got a fourth round. Oh, for right? Tyler Mott. Yeah, yeah Tyler so they, Mott. So they have, let's see. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, so they, they do have... They traded away the 2024 second rounder for Riley Stillman. Jesus Christ, I f- forgot about that. So they have their first and second and third this year. Yeah. They have the extra fourth from the Rangers. They have their fourth. They don't have their fifth, but I don't mind that because it was the Ethan Bear Lane Peterson trade, which yep. looks very we'll good for them. That. I That is fine by me. That's an okay trade to make. They, they have their sixth. They don't have their seventh. Uh, that's so. The, the seventh was just thrown in in the OEL trade. That's so. <laughs> yeah, that's what like it. made. You go. That's what made or broke it. Was well, we need your twenty twenty three seventh rounder. Um. So I mean, I guess at least they have a pick in the first three rounds right now. Yeah. Uh, in in each of the first three rounds. That's oh, you would nice. hope that they'd I, be I would able like to recoup to see, some of that. Like that imagine trade such a fucking bummer. God, <sighs> dude, imagine the twenty twenty three draft. The Canucks have like. Six picks in the first three rounds. Imagine how nice that would be. Imagine it, it how much fun me, it you would have. It me out too that they, like the Hamannick deal, we're like, all right, a third rounder for Hamannick, let's go. And I mean, it's unfortunate with how Dermot's kind of panned out and I can see, I guess, the reasoning for it. Uh, but man, it'd be nice to have some more draft capital and not oh. like another RFA defenseman. <laughs> it's, re- yeah. I mean, I just, just give me... This is not too much to ask for. Based on the, the pieces the Canucks have to trade away, I think a second for Luke Shen is within reason. Yeah. Um, I think Friedman, Friedman was talking yeah, about Yeah, Friedman it. mentioned last night that watch Tampa there, which makes yeah. a lot of sense, right? He won two cups with them. For sure. I mean, a Tampa second rounder is like going to be quite a late second round pick, yeah. but whatever, I will, I will fucking take it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get a first rounder in a Horvat deal... Uh, you should be able to get a first rounder in the Kuzmenko deal. You get a second rounder for Luke Shen. Then you're looking at five picks in the first two rounds. In a really deep business. draft. That that immediately replenishes your prospect pool. Yeah, like that. That to me it is starts if, if, the process. If nothing else, if, if you if you get like if you nail like even two of those five picks, like that pushes you up the prospect pool ranking next year on the Athletic to at least like top twenty. Uh, I would out assume. of they're what twenty eighth right now. They were 28th. I don't know if we've talked about this yet. No, but, we haven't. <laughs> uh, I and I called it in the Discord because the the order I think was Colorado, Tampa. So thir- yeah, Colorado, Tampa, Boston, Boston. Uh, Pittsburgh. In, in yeah, in no particular order. I think Colorado was last though. Mm-hmm. So that was that was up to 29. I posted a screen grab in the Discord and said I I guarantee the Canucks will be next at 28. And then the next day. <laughs> Canucks at 28 dropped. Yeah. You I know, mean, when, I, when I think about those teams' recent histories and I compare them to Vancouver, they're, they're a little bit better. Huh? Someone had a really good reply to me on Twitter, which was uh, taking a screen grab of like the Canucks next to all those really good teams and being like, oh, maybe this is what Benning meant when he said that they'd be up there with the elite teams in a couple <laughs> years. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. So you mentioned uh, like Pod Coles, Pod Colson and Hoaglander. I almost called yep. him Pod Colslander. Uh, Great name. Being sent down in the into the AHL and if yeah. it, at nothing, at worst they'll be tweeners. Which I think I want to give him a little bit more credit than that. And I think now that has been a while, I really like the idea to send him down. I like mean, that was it's, clearly it's, the correct move. I'm gonna, I'll give management. Yeah, it's yeah. ass backwards how they were developed and started in the NHL and then came down and then. But it seems like that Abbey team's rolling. It seems like they have really good culture there. Yeah. Like I think it's good for young players to come up like that. So while they did bungle it at first, 
I like that they've kind of course corrected with it. That's something that I would give the management team credit for, for sure. And and that's where, like, when they make moves like that, you have to be like, okay, I think this is like, this is like still, this is an example of them actually being forward thinking and progressive and like understanding how bad and toxic the environment is up here right now. Like, obviously that's a huge problem and it's going to take a while to fix. Um, but to get, you know, two of your more important prospects out of there, and like playing quite well in the AHL, like it it was clearly in retrospect a hundred percent the right move, yeah. and I think that's something you can give management credit for uh, is uh, making that tough call. Speaking of bad toxic environments, I think maybe the biggest piece of news since we last recorded is this Rick Tockett shit. Oh man! So like, <laughs> this is what the the third time this has happened with three different coaches. I just I two, feel so bad for Bruce. Because like, I uh, how how I forget how Willie left, but this was happening with Travis Green last year with the Claude oh, yeah. Julian stuff. Yeah, and then we're a calendar year later, the exact same thing is happening. I mean, with Boudreaux. I mean, the, the Bruce stuff management. has been the Bruce stuff has been happening since like September. Like, yeah, it's been happening and now for it seems so to, like it's it's really come to a head. Like last night, Friedman all but said it. He's like, yeah. if and when a coaching change happens, my be belief is yeah. it's going to be Rick Tockett. And it's like, how how can you have your coach picked out like this while your current coach is still there I, asking questions? Like, it's an incredibly, incredibly mismanaged like shit. And really even with new management in there, right? Like yeah. the same thing with Tanner Pearson. Like. Uh, Jim Benning comes out and says he wants to meet with all the parties. And then I forget who reported it, but it was reported that the NHL PA wants to step in first. And then at first we thought it was crazy that he had like three hand surgeries. Now it comes out. It might've been as much as four and there's likely going to be two more on the horizon and it could be career ending. Yeah. That's That's fucking tragic. And how does, how does fucking uh, JT Rutherford, (laughs) 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 <laughs> How does JT Rutherford not know what's happening underneath him where he wants to launch an investigation? I like, think how it's does one, that it's, not get up to him? I feel like it's one thing for him, maybe. I it's I think the thing that's really bad is hearing about it because of the Quinn Hughes interview. Yeah. Like, like I think it's and it seems like that's how everyone sort of like that's so bad and unprofessional. And then going back to the Boudreaux thing, it's very funny because you'll see. Um, you know, connects media people being like, this is like really shitty to treat Boudreaux like this. And yeah. then you get like the geniuses and the replies being like, oh, this is what he signed up for. This is the job. And it's like, take a step back and like, look at the bigger picture here. Look at the context of like how often shit, like, like if this is a one-off thing for the Canucks organization mm-hmm. to, to be like, really like kind of cruel to, to one of their employees and just like, yeah. and just like handling in such a weird way. It'd be like, okay, this is weird, but like, you know, what? it's a one-off thing, whatever. But like, this is like a clear pattern of them just like doing like a really weird wrong thing, you know. Yeah, I so just you you have you have this like this being the Rick Tockett thing. You have the yeah. Tanner Pearson thing. And then also this year, there's been the Human Rights Tribunal against the staff, <laughs> where they're they're is it suing? I forget how this works, but against the organization Alvin and Emily Castongay. Yeah, and then there's also it's really the, bad when a tribunal gets involved. Yeah, it's never the, it's never a good thing when there's a tribunal. The uh, I want to word this correctly. Was it the court affidavits from Aquilini's kids, like alleging oh, abuse like the as well? Case and I yeah. mean, there's, there's there, just it's there's just like so much mess around this fucking organization, it's, man. Yeah, it's the it's the messiest team in the league for sure. Um, and. I just think it just never seems like they just basically can't do anything right. I I don't know if we talked about this on the video episode because I don't know if it had happened by then. But the other thing that was so funny was uh, when the Pearson news dropped. Uh, the it Canucks had like the, <laughs> yeah, the Canucks had the scheduled post for like oh sign up to be a you win a chance to be a junior trainer for for the night. Yeah, um, and obviously it was a pre scheduled post, but. It's just again one of those things where like it's very funny that that you had a couple hours to like think. And yeah, like, I know you know <laughs> that job is like thankless and like it's it's difficult and you're not blaming like a social media manager or whatever because uh, mm-hmm. you probably have other things on your mind. But it's very funny that that can slip through. The other thing was the guy quote tweeting and saying like, "Oh yeah, my kid won this last year and it sucked. <laughs> they didn't get to they <laughs> yeah. didn't get to meet anyone. They didn't even get to go on the bench. Like 
And there's speculation the post, that, that it was because of COVID because someone else replied that was like, hey, my kid did this a few years ago and that he makes got sense. to meet a bunch of people. But yeah, still, it's man. still like, man, I mean, in that case, it's like, just don't do the don't call it a trainer for the day thing. I think what it was is that he ended up getting like free tickets to the game, like a jersey or something, which is like awesome. But I think the way he framed it was like, well, like. Why not like frame it that way in the first place? Yeah. You know? Why make it seem like you're going to be fist bumping everyone as they go yeah, on the ice? It's just and- another communication. <laughs> like I know this is like a pretty small thing in the grand scheme of things, but uh, it really does speak, I think, to the the communication issues that this team has as a whole, right? Uh, like- oh yeah, the the whole whole ass Bo Horvat thing, where the team released a statement that he wants to focus on oh, hockey, yeah. and then he has what to answer questions that? about it afterwards. <laughs> like if you were okay, let's. <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite guy, Connor Bedard. Okay. Say he, oh. say you know, he's drafted by Columbus, yeah. and he's a RFA, one year left to walk him to free agency with a QO, and he says, "Nope, I'm not signing here long term." What makes him want to play in Vancouver? Why would you want to go to this organization if this is how they treat their people? And like yeah. you, you look back to the the Gillis administration. It's just it's night and day. Like Drance told this anecdote about how. During the the Gillis administration, they'd t- tell players like, hey, we can't pay you as much because we're capped out and you won't get as much like ice time because we're really good. Yeah. But we can guarantee that we'll extend your career by we have all the best scientists and the best doctors and trainers and we're just the best rung organization. So you're going to be able to milk more money long term out of your career. I remember hearing stuff about that at the time, too. And I remember there's tons of stories like you're. Dan Hamhuis could have made a lot more than what was it four million? Yeah, at the time. I think Malhotra signed for a bit cheaper too. Yeah, like, like everybody Burroughs signed for did. cheaper because it yeah. came down from the top, right? Yeah, but the complete opposite of yeah. uh, why of would what you're why would you sign for now? why would you sign a hometown discount to stay in this organization? Like it's it's fucking insane. Like it's just never going to happen. And like uh, it's just <laughs> it's such a it just seems like such a shitty place to play and like work and like. Oh, man. By the way, I think for... Because we're going to the game on Saturday. Yep. Uh, against the Oilers. Chris James will be joining us as well. Nice. That'll be fun. Um, I think we should do... So, like, Bedard on one jersey, maybe. And I was thinking even just, like, rebuild on on another. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Because I think like, it would be... I, I think I'll just... Be, yeah, I'll bring, like, my, my plain skate jersey. Yeah. And you can throw some, like, white duct tape on the back or something. It, it would be very funny if they made you take off a jersey that said rebuild. Because they're like, <laughs> you, like literally, literally, you cannot say rebuild in Rogers Arena. Like, that would be, it's it's like, it's like win-win either way. Because either way, you're walking around with a jersey that says rebuild. And people are like, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, or they make you fucking remove it. And you're like, literally, the Canucks made me take <laughs> off my jersey that said it's rebuild on the back. It's no matter what happens. Exactly. So I guess yeah. quickly looking forward to this this week, they play, it's what, Wednesday? Yeah, they have two days off yeah. and play the Lightning. And then Colorado on Friday night. And then Hockey Day in Canada, our game yeah. on the Saturday. And so they won't be on a, you know, historic, well, maybe not historic for this franchise, but a seven game losing skid going into yeah. it. But, well, I think they could easily lose both. Well, maybe not Colorado. Colorado's playing like shit, obviously. But yeah, um, Colorado's got to get one against them this year, you, though, right? I mean, you would hope so. <laughs> I would really hope so. Um, so hopefully they lose both those games. And then, I mean, just getting, I would love to see McDavid just like pump them and get like six points or something. You know what I mean? Oh, like, my God. That would just be beautiful. I, I hate seeing Edmonton win more than any other team, though. So, I know. That's the one team where when the Canucks beat them, like even more so than like Boston or Toronto, honestly. Like I love seeing the Canucks beat beat the Oilers, but again, yeah, it's great. It's a situation where, and I've we've been in this situation for like the last decade, basically. But mm-hmm. it's it's win win again because yeah. either they beat they be, they beat the Oilers and it's like oh awesome they beat the Oilers yeah fun really night cool. of the hockey, uh, or they lose and it's like oh good this is good for the tank. I was I was hanging out with um, a friend of mine yesterday and we had the Canucks game on and he's a he's a Flames fan. And I've known him for like uh, close to 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And he literally, he said to me, he realized like I, I, uh, I said, I think fuck out loud when the Canucks scored a goal. <laughs> and, and he's like, I don't know that I've ever seen you cheer for the Canucks in the 10 years or nine, eight years, whatever that I've known you. And it's like, oh yeah, you're right. I haven't. This sucks. Yeah. I cheered for him last year. That was pretty fun. I mean, 
I think because it was better I, than the alternative at the time. Yeah, when I go to a game in person, uh, it's it's still sort of hard not to cheer for them if, if yeah. they're like winning. But like in the back of my head, like it's so hard to, and this is like it's like the big downside to being on Team Tank and cheering for them to lose. It is hard. Like honestly, I'll say it, it is hard to get out of that mindset. You yeah. Know? Um, but it, they haven't really shown any reasons why you should be out of that mindset right now. You know? I got to genuinely cheer for two games this year. It was uh, the first two. Yeah, and they came out hot against the Edmonton Oilers when they were up three nothing and Kuzmenko scored the yeah. goal. I was like, like oh, this could oh, be a yeah, different baby, season. This rocks. Go. Yeah, I think I actually like fist pumped when when I think we talked about this. Yeah, like, I was like stoked after that goal, and then I went to the. Uh, the Pittsburgh game where they won 5-1. And that oh, was yeah. quite fun. That was a very, very fun game. I mean, but, by that point, I think we were pretty much resigned to our fate. But still, yeah. it was always fun <laughs> to see him to see him win live. And like even yeah. today, like I wanted them to lose in the shootout, drop behind Montreal, whatever. Like Any points are bad at this juncture. Yeah. But, man, that little little Forsberg from Pedersen, I was like, ooh, yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Same thing with Bo scoring as well. Not Bo, sorry. Uh, Brock scoring. The, the tying goal. I was like, yeah, this is bad, but hey, at least it's fun it's, to finish it's better, out this game. you know, and like, honestly, also, like, rest in peace, Gino Ojic. So, like, getting yeah, a Yeah, I did want to like talk about that as well. Yeah. Tragically yeah. passed away today. Yeah. He, only I know he's 52 been years sick old. for a while. Sick for, like, nine years, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, was, he, he was, like, diagnosed with one year left to live and then lived nine. So, another nine that's years. pretty extraordinary. And I, I didn't, I was kind of too young to really watch him live when he was on the Canucks, but obviously mm-hmm. seeing all his highlights and then like how much he was like a big part of the community as well. And all the stuff he does for like, uh, he did for like indigenous uh, culture and that sort of yeah. thing was like very cool to see. So, so, uh, I, that's I so I'll, ask, I'll take the, I'll let them win on a day. Yeah. Like this, I wanted know? to ask if you had any favorite Gino memories. I, I do have one that I want to tell you for about. me. It's but. so like, again, it, this is from a, a highlight and I did see it get posted several times today, but when he just goes absolutely nuts against St. Louis. Oh yeah. That's and, so cool. Ends up like totally shirtless and is just like taking on, like beating the shit out of literally the entire team on the ice. Like, I mean, that was incredible. And then someone uh, posted the penalty shot goal he had against Mike Vernon uh, on Calgary. Oh uh, yeah. Which was, was great incredible too. as well. But uh, yeah. What was, what was yours? So, okay. I really started like paying attention to the Canucks when I was six, yeah. 96. So I got a couple of Gino years and my absolute favorite player was Bure. I oh, loved yeah. him the most. And then my parents explained to me, like, hey, you see that big tough guy who beats everyone's ass? Yeah. That's his best friend. And he always <laughs> protects him. And just like, I don't know, watching like Mighty Ducks and stuff, I just thought that was the coolest shit in the world. So my like one, two were Bure and, and Ojik. Way more than I liked like Trevor Linden at the oh, time yeah. or anything. I, I I'm I'm interested to see because I'm sure someone will reach out to to Bure for uh, oh, yeah. like comment or something. But I, I mean yeah, they were like best friends. They came up together. Like that was a very, very cool uh relationship. But, you know? So okay. Cut to this has gotta be two thousand five or so. Ojik had retired, obviously. Yeah. And he had signed with let me find it Did he, here. Was it Montreal? He, I know he played uh, in Montreal. He played in Montreal, bit. but he signed for a local team oh, okay. uh, in, in like Northern Alberta. I want to oh, say okay. it was yeah. uh, Slave Lake. Okay. Uh, damn. Uh, like, I mean, it's hard to Google for him now, but Does it was it like on, a, on hockey. DB. I guess it doesn't say on hockey DB. I mean, it might. They were like a, a senior league yeah. in, in Canada, right? And yeah. so he signed, and the Lesser Turgeon brother signed. Oh, Sylvain? Or... Yeah, I want to say. Um, but anyways, they were making a run at whatever the Canadian men's uh, like senior hockey trophy was. Yeah. And it was like... Uh, they were based out of a, a reserve, I want to say. But anyways, they yeah. came by into Dawson Creek to play like our lowly senior men's team. And yeah. me being like huge Canuck fanatic, I'm like, mom, you have to take me. We're going. <laughs> and so I go and, with my mom. And I forget if I had a friend there in office, just me and my mom. But we were sat right behind the penalty box. And Gino Ojik takes a penalty. And by the way, this was would have been like, you know, late 30s, early 40s Gino. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess if, if he was 52 now and this was like 13 years ago. So, yeah, late 30s. He was like 
power forward out there against the other senior men's players. Yeah. But he takes a penalty and I'm like in my Canucks jersey. And I'm really, really hyped up. This is cringe. It hurts me to say. But uh, <laughs> he's like leaving the penalty box. And I'm like, sign my penis, Gino. <laughs> he, he just looks back and gives me like a little look and laugh and then skates away. And I absolutely fucking mortified my mom. By oh, uh, so good by saying that she's like, why did you ever say that? I'm like, I don't know why. I thought it'd be funny because I was like 14 or 15, like pretty tone deaf to the Horse Lake. Sorry, he played for the Horse Lake Thunder. Yeah, um, great team name, by the way. Yeah, da, da, da. they were defeated in the semifinals of the 2005 Allen or yeah Allen Cup by wow. the Thunder Bay Bombers. I might have completely made up the uh, Tergeron thing. Is the is the Allen Cup? Is that like the senior men's like trophy? That's like like yeah, a national one yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. This okay. This team Theo Fleury also played a year of senior men's hockey for them in two thousand four, two thousand five. But I don't think Fleury was there when I saw them play. Okay, man. Yeah, if Larry yeah, was in the playoffs, and you're the you're the Thunder Bay Bombers, and you go yeah. up and you're able to beat them, that's that's impressive, man. <laughs> man, I'm just looking at the team names, and there's like so many teams named the Generals. There's huh. Lacombe Generals, Stony Creek Generals, the Bentley Generals. Uh, man, this is awesome. I feel like these these would be really fun games to go watch. Oh yeah, it's like just, just pro- a bunch of dudes. Like, like you said, like, and there's usually like on the really good teams, there's probably a couple ex NHLers on them. Too, yeah. Right? So, okay. They haven't played, they haven't held the championship for the last three years, I assume, because of COVID. Yeah. But let's see. Yeah. Lacombe Generals were the last host. Who won the last tournament? The Lacombe Generals. Let's see. NHL yeah, alumni. They had Trent Hunter. Uh, let me, yeah. Let's see, let's see their actual roster. Lacombe Generals roster. Um, the North Central Senior Hockey League. Uh, anyone I recognize? Here? Yeah, I nothing know. really. They were briefly coached by Brian Sutter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, maybe no ex NHLers now. Probably some like AHL guys or something. Yeah. Um. Damn. They're still, they're oh, still good. They're, they're ten and one a, this year. Here's a former alumni, uh, Jeremy Colleton. Oh, okay. There you huh. go. How about that? All right. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man what else is there to talk about this week it was cool seeing Tyre Myers like have 14 shots in two games yeah that was pretty crazy uh obviously OEL is back now in the lineup um yeah I don't know I think I mean we're in January February is such a bad time for hockey um like I feel like even when the Canucks were good this is the time of year where you're like oh maybe I'll if I miss a game, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's like yeah. right in the middle of the season, kind of the doldrums. So you really had the right idea today. I think just catching yeah. like the last five minutes of that game and OT were that's all perfect. you needed to I, see. I saw, yeah. I saw two goals and then the shootout, and it was it was great. Um, yeah, Megan was very good. You should go see it. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're the trade. I guess the All Star game is coming up soonish, and then the deadline after that. Um, yeah, we'll see if. Uh, well, here's another funny thing. Like, I think if. If the Canucks were a merciful organization, they would yeah. fire Boudreaux like now. Yes. There's two days. If it is talk, it like work something else, work something out with TNT, get him in, or just like have an interim coach and then hire a guy, which by the way, absurd to do a midseason search, not just wait till the off season, uh, especially like given that the team's losing, just like have them continue losing is better for you long-term. Yeah. But uh, the fact that they won today, do you think they'd fire him after a win? <laughs> Oh man, that would be so funny. I mean, I, I think it's like, cause the whole thing with Rick Tockett is that the rumor is that he has to give four weeks notice for his yeah, job on as a would, host on which TNT. Which would take us to like the over the overtime break, the all-star break, right? Yeah. That's so that's, which makes sense as a, as a time to kind of cut and run. Um, so I guess, I guess we'll sort of see what happens around then, but man, I'm not looking forward to Oh yeah. To, that's the other to, thing to, I wanted Rick, to Rick say. Rick Tockett hockey is like boring too. Yeah. Well, that's like, 50% of Canucks games now. So I guess we'll just go up to 80 or something. There's, I've also seen this thought. And I wanted to address this too. That the Canucks are playing like five dimensional chess by hiring Tockett, who has beef with OEL. And so OEL will want to waive his no trade clause or, 
or go into to LTIR I, retirement. I know. No, it's not, they're not. That, it's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's because it's an old boys club. Yeah. And they it, know it's from Aquilini, Pittsburgh. Aquilini's heard of this guy. Basically, and yeah, Aquilini's heard of him. <laughs> Oh, so and I guess he's thought of as like like he dragged the uh, the Coyotes to the playoffs to the bubble playoffs to the bubble where, playoffs. I mean, and we we know those are very important. You can put a lot of stock into those playoffs. Yeah, and so. you know that whenever <laughs> someone drags the Coyotes to the playoffs and they get hired by another team, they always are massively successful. It worked in Edmonton, of course. Of course. That's right. Yeah, um, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and oh uh, boy, yeah. <laughs> Bummer, man. I, I really was hoping for not Rick Tockett. Though I will say on the panels, he's pretty entertaining. So uh, yeah. hopefully we get some good post-game interviews. I don't like that he doesn't like small defensemen, but uh, no. we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a total shit show. It's not, I don't, it's not like he's going to get them into the playoffs this year. So No, but uh, he could get them to an 11th overall pick, baby. Let's go. Uh, Christ. <laughs> Would it be funny if like a lot of the players that like got the Boudreaux bump and started producing again just immediately started being shitty? That would be very good. Under talk I mean, that, would be, that, that would be like a legitimately very funny bit. Yeah, that'd be um, hilarious. Yeah. I think it's clear they're bringing him in as like the JT Miller whisperer or whatever. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens there. But Miller's um, goal today was cool. I wanted to yeah. say that. And and his goal, the other one, where he got the pass on the power play from Hughes, that one was also cool. So yeah. Shout out to him for those, I guess. Yeah. Can't I be mean, all the, JT the, bashing. The breakaway goal he had against Tampa was, yeah, it was Tampa. legitimately very sick. Like, yeah, that was, was cool. such a nice move uh, to deke out Vasilevsky like that. So just do that more often, I guess. You yeah. Know? Play, with that that in, nice. play with that fire all the time, brother. Yeah. Oh, man. Well. <laughs> well, until next <laughs> Until Patreon, or I guess we'll record a bonus episode if they do fire Bruce, but if not, it'll probably be later this week uh, yep. sometime. And That's then the right. episode, since I'll the be episode, in Vancouver on Sunday when we usually record. I think it'll be like a day late. I think our yeah. plan right now is to record on the mon- like yeah, next like Monday. Yeah, Monday afternoon, so probably Monday um, night, Tuesday morning. Yeah, I think that's that's the plan right now. Um, but yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Won't you come see about me? I'll be alone dancing, you know it, baby. Tell me your troubles and doubts Giving me everything inside and out Love strings so real in the dawn A thing of tender things when we're working on Slow change may pull us apart When the lights get into your heart, baby Don't you Forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you Forget about me Will you stand above me Look my way Never love me Rain keeps falling Rain keeps falling Down, down your defenses, vanity, insecurity, oh, don't you forget about me, I'll be alone dancing, dancing.
wanting you know it baby going to take you apart I'll put us back together at heart baby don't you forget about me don't 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 you forget about me as you walk on by Will you call my name as you walk on by Will you call my name when you walk on by Oh will you walk away Cheers, dude.